Classic balderdash. Little do you guys know, we're not talking balderdash today. Or uh, Vanderstatch. We're talking world's greatest dad. By the way, I am Connor Minnie, and this is Katie Cassidy. A.K.A. Dante and Kidnap. Which one do you think we are? We'll let you guys try to figure that out. Let us know in the comments. Uh, <laughs> this is Sad Guys Cinema. And this is our podcast, Movies to Kill Yourself To. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It God, sure is. it's so dark when we say okay, it, but it's me, just such me, a. It sounds so cool, like sad guy cinema movies, movies to, to kill, kill yourself, yourself too. too. And on top of that, on top of that, here's something to think about, listeners. It's not that dark because it's either so good you want to die to it, or so bad you want to kill yourself. So really, it's a scale. However, you want to look at it: glass half empty or glass half full. Don't be dark. You an optimist or a pessimist? Yeah. Either way, listen call. to the podcast. But I agree. today we're talking world's greatest dad. When did so I? Two thousand nine. Yeah, it came out. Well, that's not what I was going to ask, but oh. thank you. It did come out in two thousand nine. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was going to say uh, this is like one of my favorite movies. I love this movie. This is like one of those movies. Um, you you all have those feelings where you're like, oh, I'm the only one who's seen this movie. My friend group and I get to show everybody this movie. Yeah. And that feeling feels so good, and that's what World's Greatest Dad is for me. Nobody has seen it, but Dude, the first time I always you, get to show it to everyone. The first time you showed me this movie, not to be dramatic, but I had deep laughs and deep cries and really just related and felt the ups and downs. Wow, it truly is a dark comedy. <laughs> okay, but why, though? It was so fucking funny in its own way that wasn't like... Stupid, dumb idiot humor. Yeah, because it's not jokes. Like, yeah. they're, 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 like these aren't like jokes. I hate jokes. Yeah, you, I think that's what pisses me off. Yeah, like like these aren't just like nobody's like quipping like in this movie. Mm-hmm. Like nobody's like trying to run a bit ever. <laughs> it's always just everybody reading like their lines so earnestly and so true and being a part of their character. <laughs> like Robin Williams' yeah. kid in this movie is just this harsh, abrasive dickhead. Nobody fucking likes him and all he talks about is this disgusting sex thing. Yeah, he's just like a total deviant slosh trough of a guy. Like just a grody guy. But and, but, but like, like Okay, should we, I don't know, bro, like, take him through the tale, t- run, run us through, <coughs> like, how would you give the movie, like, a quick synopsis? Okay. Because um, it's so layered, but I want everyone who hasn't seen yeah. it yet to, like, get it. Yeah, yeah, I feel that. Okay. So you have Robin Williams. He's, he is an aspiring writer, even though, you know, he's, he's up in age, he's a teacher at a high school. He's a single father, but his main passion in life is writing, and he's about to give it up if he gets one more rejection. <laughs> yeah. And this movie is kind of about how he gets to have the worst tragedy that could ever happen to a father, but also turns into his greatest opportunity as a writer. I yeah. feel like that's how I would describe this movie, <laughs> and it's very dark. But it's super fucking funny. Like, the movie so knows what it is. It plays it's into so it. It's self-aware, yeah. And Robin Williams... Wait, didn't you have, like, a cool story about, like, Robin Williams coming onto the project uh, <coughs> because his friend was the writer on it or something? Yeah, Bobcat Goldwaite. Um, <coughs> I was watching a video on, like, on the movie. Like, just, like, doing, like, My Druthers and getting, like, more research done. Mm-hmm. Like, a long time ago. Uh, and like Bobcat Goldway is just one of Robin Williams's friends and he was, he wrote this script and, uh, at first I think he was supposed to play, uh, the principal. Like he was just like supposed to come on to the movie as like, just as a favor and as a side character. Mm-hmm. But he like read the script and was like, you know, I'll just, you know, I'll, I want to be the main character like that. Yeah, like I love like this I guy. On it. Yeah. And the Bobcat Goldway was apparently like, well, that's what I was hoping for, but you know, wow, like you're what, Robin what Williams. Crazy honor, how cool and insane. Yeah, he just like genuinely loved the script so much that he just like wanted to be full tilt yeah. like, in the movie. That's dope. I think it was because like I mean, oh, man, it's so sad thinking about it because like this movie is very gritty in the sense that like it's very reliant on the fact that teen suicide is. Like, like how effective teen suicide is, like, it in a high school. It's driving the plot. Yeah, it's, like, 
the the whole teen suicide angle. Oh, I feel like that doesn't even describe it, but it's like something that everyone just needs to see, obviously. Yeah. So we'll just dance around it. Go watch the movie. <laughs> and I, that drives the entire plot. And it is really sad and fucked up because it's like, you know, he just like obviously knew a lot of pain and it's like. You're like fuck, man. Like, uh, like clearly, like this, re- like this rang with you. Yeah, exactly. Like you it can resonated. see it in his performance. Like I've never seen an act, like a crying scene in a movie that like holds so much weight as this one does. Yeah. And it sounds so goofy because like there's so many like Oscar worthy movies. I mean, like there's even other Robin Williams performances like Goodwill, like in Goodwill Hunting. Like, pause for a hit. Like in <laughs> Goodwill Hunting, when he's playing. Um, when he, you know, everybody's seen Good Will Hunter. Yeah. But, like, you know, his performance in that, like, that's tear-jerking. Yeah, it's great. But this is just, like, it hits differently because it's through the perspective of, like, this sad, failed man and, like... He's the, just so like, beaten down, yeah. And he has nothing in his life, like, worth anything and he gets put through the ringer for, like, the first, like, 30 minutes of the movie and you're just sitting there silently tortured with him. Everyone treats him like shit, dude. The kid... And it's super funny and lighthearted, but at the same time, it's just so... Ugh. It's gross. Yeah. Okay, the way... So, Daryl Saba... <coughs> excuse me. A.K.A. Juni Cortez <coughs> from Spy exactly. Kids. And Spy Kids 3D. <coughs> A.K.A. Megan Trainer's husband. A.K.A. Kyle in this movie. Yes, and he's also in Weeds. Any Weeds fans, he's the cop's kid. And so, basically... Uh, he is so fucking funny in this, in the driest way, dude. The first time we watched this movie together, I was cracking up, like, laughing out loud. Movies don't really get me, like, laughing out loud. No, I've seen plenty of movies with you, and you never laugh, like, during them. Even if they're funny, like, I'll be, like, quietly amused, like, a little, like, nose, like, like a huff. But I was crying laughing. Like, Dude, it's so fucking funny. And, like, I've seen this movie by myself, like, like, during, like, sad points of my life. So, like, I got, like, a different experience. Like, I always knew the movie was funny. I never thought it was that funny. I've never, like, before, like, watching it with other people, mm-hmm. I was like, dude, this movie's fucking hilarious. Like, this is... Because, like, you're, like, less likely to cry and be super emotional, like, oh, with other sure, people in the room. Sure. So, like, you start looking at the movie, like, from, like, the... Like, just how well-written it is. Yeah, definitely. When I watched it alone, because we watched it together my first time, then I watched it twice by myself afterwards and i was crying like at several points during it especially at the end i felt like so intensely emotional and liberated and in tune with like the character at the end and it was just it was great and then watching it again today it was like still just as funny and still picked up on even more stuff than like the other times like i'm not really sick of it like i could watch it again like easily it's just it's such a good movie like i always give it its time like away like i'll watch it like one time because it's an easy watch it's an hour and 40 minutes like just sit down and watch the movie like it's a fun little time it's pretty fast paced yeah and it's like it, it has all the components of like a good movie and it's it's just it's fast it's great it's perfectly paced it makes you feel exactly what it wants you to feel like there are certain pe- characters in this movie that you fucking despise. Yes, They dude. make you sick and angry and, like, visceral. But at the same time, I'm not like, oh, fucking turn this movie off. I don't want to look at this character. I'm like, yeah, it's they need like, to be this way. Yeah, they have to be that way to drive the plot. Like, well, like we were talking about earlier with uh, Kelly, basically. You said it would, like, take away from the plot and the story if he were to just freak out and pop off on everyone. But to sit and let it sort of simmer and, like, we have our resentment build, like, with him and for him, like, that is the plot in this movie, and it's awesome. Yeah, like, like how justifying it would feel for Robin Williams' character to, like, lash out and, like, stand up for himself and correct the shitty behavior of these other people in this movie. Like, because he's constantly being criticized and watched and talked about, but he never puts in his two cents on anybody because he feels like he has no place to. Yeah, yeah, he's just beaten down and everyone treats him like shit. And, like, the kid, you know, Junior Cortez is such a psycho and he has so many funny-ass moments, but, like, real life, like, imagine speaking to, like, anyone like that, like... Oh, my God, dude. Like, the way his son talks to him is just sick. It's just crazy. The first couple minutes, we see him walk in on uh, Kyle, 
so Robin Williams walks in on his son Kyle, and he's like jerking off with a belt around his neck, choking himself out. And he comes in, and he's like, "Oh my God! Like, don't do that! He's freaking out! Like, you're gonna hurt yourself!" And he's like, "Get off me!" He goes, "What are you doing?" He's like, "I'm coming, you fag!" <laughs> <laughs> like, bro, what? Oh, I was coming, you fag! I was coming, you fag! Like, oh my God! And then he like. <sighs> Within the next couple minutes, like, calls his dad a fag, like, a couple more times. I'm like, you oh, are very so brazen. Yeah, very heavy with the F-bomb. Dude, they were throwing that. Very 2009. Really it was very, funny. Very, Yeah, you could tell, like, that was just another time in comedy. But also, I totally feel like it was, like, that kid's character and attitude to just be as disrespectful and insane as possible Dude, like calling people whores like calling people fags like calling yeah people laugh it up you fucking whores yeah. he yells <laughs> in the middle of the hallway with that goth chick's laughing yeah, at him yeah he's crazy he's out of pocket he's so disrespectful and we see that like and he's like a sick little jump. sexual deviant he's so sweaty every scene he's like a sweaty <laughs> sexual monster monster <clears throat> he is just yeah always just fucking sweaty shit. as fuck he's like <laughs> no, he meant sweat. Oh my god! And oh, some of his lines, bro. Like I can't even try to explain, like how funny the, he, this guy's delivery is. So dry, oh my god. and he's so oppositional. The scene, the scene so. where they're doing homework. Kyle and his friend Andrew, who's uh, who's a great character. Yeah, he's a, sweet, a good kid. Whereas whereas Kyle is like the brazen, fucking loud mouth, gross, nasty kid everybody yeah. knew in high school. Uh, Andrew is like the soft-spoken, like sweetheart. He's a little vegetarian kid, and he's like, he sneeze. You good? Silent sneeze. Sni- silence. Silent sneeze. You guys listening? We don't have COVID. We are hotboxed in a room with no ventilation to try to keep the audio crisp in this bitch. Don't worry. Yeah. We're sneezing and coughing for your sake. This is for you. Yeah, this is all for you. This is all for you. <laughs> you made me do this. But yeah, Andrew, great kid. Yeah, and yeah, like he's just the opposite of Kyle. Like he's not cursing, he's not talking about cunts and vaginas and yeah. all this nasty brazen shit Kyle keeps saying. And that weird German porn Kyle brings oh my the God. scene. Like, there, what's up? There's a scene where they're walking out of class and Kyle hands him like a manila folder filled with like... <laughs> yeah, it's like an official document. Yeah, like hands him like... It's like 2009, like I guess he just printed did this shit off. He's like, yeah. check this out, son. Uh, and he's like, ew, what is this? That lady like, like, have poop on her chest? Porn. He's like, yeah, it's German Scheiser porn. That shit's fucking hot. I'd do it. I'd do it in a heartbeat. I'd shit on a chick. And he goes, what the fuck, yo? What the fuck, yo? What's your problem? He goes, this shit is hot, yo. <laughs> I love yo. them adding yo to it. Like, you know, they're young. Yeah, you could. Yeah, they're like, hey, by the way, these kids are like 15. Let them know they're kids. Everyone says yo. It's like Breaking Bad. <laughs> so, like when Jesse's Jesse. like, what the? Like, what are you doing, yo? Like. <laughs> yeah, they did make him say yo in a long <sighs> alarming amount. I mean, you can just tell when a 40-year-old or, like, anybody above 40 is writing a script. It's just like, yo, yo, yo. Yeah, left and right. Yeah. So funny. And, but, yeah, but that shit's so, that shit's amazing. But, but, yeah. Back to the homework scene you were telling us about before the Schneiser porn. Oh, yeah. My so, bad to derail. So, they're at, uh, they're at Robin Williams' apartment in Kyle's bedroom, uh, and they're at Kyle's computer <laughs> doing homework. Robin Williams comes in and checks on him, and he's like, oh, what are you guys writing about? And he goes, oh, it uh, the farmers needed the sun, the soil, and lots of perspiration. He's like, you, you mean like sweat? He's like, no, like rain. He goes, oh, that's precipitation. He goes, no, I meant sweat. Just <laughs> oppositional little prick, bro. Just, <laughs> it, it was like, if you're not listening so close, if you're not listening so close, you can miss it. Like, so easy. And I feel like that's how so many of his, he like, good bits are. just needs Robin Williams to be, like, degraded yeah. and not right in any situation. And it's just incredible. And Robin Williams is just trying to, like, love him and be a good dad and, like, spend time with him. And he keeps asking him to watch movies. And, like, one of my favorite lines out of Kyle is when, at one point, he's like, oh, we'll watch a movie, we'll rent a movie. He goes... Movies are for art fags. For losers for and art fags. For losers and art fags. For losers and Can't art fags. Yeah. I remember when I first heard that, you were like, he's right. I was <laughs> like, fuck, he's right. That's our whole thing. I was like, he's look, right. I was like, look in this room. <laughs> like, we watched that movie again today with, you know, me, you, and fucking our, our friend Alex Kelly. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, who's who? I know I'm an art fag. Yeah. Which I, of I us is to... a loser? Uh, Looking at you. I'm not. I'm looking back to you. I think you're a duo. I think you're an art fag and a loser. <laughs> All right. I'm a dual type. But I'll jump on that art fag train right with you. Yeah, for real. <laughs> but 
he's just so fucking funny. He's so opinionated. He can't like anything. He's, he only likes porn and being angry. Yeah, that's like his thing. He's just like the angry, deviant, sweaty son of a bitch. And then, so we get a little bit of a taste of Robin Williams' romance with one of the teachers at the school who is a real son of a bitch as well. Ugh. And, um... This tall chicken lady. Yeah, and then when... that You know, she sucks. She's two-faced. You know, she's trying to go out with this, like, hot young teacher, Mike, who's the poetry guy. And Robin he looks Williams. like Dollar Store Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Literally, literally. It's like they couldn't get The Rock, and they had to get this guy. He was like, you know what? Like, I've cast, like... I've been his, like, backup, his, like, oh, I did. guy. I, I'm his lighting... You know, like, let me in. Let me yeah, in on this. Yeah, I look enough like him. Yeah, like, we could do this. And they were like, we're in. And so, I don't know, bro. I just feel like between uh, the girlfriend trying to run off with Mike, the teacher, fucking Junie Cortez, being Junie Cortez, and then we have... We like find the, out prin that the principal wants to cancel his, like, Oh, the principal's taking his class, yeah. His poetry class. Like, like, so, like... You have Kyle, right, who's, like, this unpassionate little prick, and he's so brazen. And then you have Robin Williams, who's, like, the beacon of passion. Like, he loves zombie movies. He loves yeah, he, he loves wants... writing. He's passionate, but he's just sad and beaten down. He just wants creativity, and everyone has either sucked. Has either sucked. Either sucks. Suckled. <laughs> a you're suckle a, up. You're, you're a suckle up? You, like, like, you suckle up to God? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking year one year reference. Year one references. We're coming at you with those year suckle. one references. <laughs> That's why you're here, right? But between all this, everyone either sucks or has left him. We it's revealed his wife is with this guy Todd, which is why she's not on the scene through the rest of the plot. Which I, I we talked about a little. I had I was never totally good with it. I was I had never thought about that. Like in this movie, like that's such like a non-point. Yeah, like, like that no his, he doesn't have a wife. I'm just like I just assumed she was dead. Like the first like million times I've I seen this she movie. Was dead too. Yeah, I was like, where is like the like his mom or I never cared enough about it. I was yeah. just like, he's brazen. Like he's like, yeah, he's a single dad. That makes sense. But she left him, and then we he has this new bitch girlfriend. That loves Teacher Mike and shitty Junie Cortez. <laughs> shitty, sweaty Junie. But, yeah, like, <laughs> no, you just see, like, this weirdly manipulative relationship, mm -hmm. like, off-rip with this, uh, this younger teacher at the high school and Robin Williams. Like, so manipulative. It looks like she's coming at his tenure, for one. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, and, and, what's she doing with him? She's way too young. And she's, like, like... Oh, sweetheart, pumpkin, chicken nugget, like cream cheese, cream, Colin Molly's dumbass name. Watermelon sherbet. Yeah. Like, After doing the most bogus shit to him, like, oh, you don't mind if we reschedule, right? While she's like shaving and getting ready to go to Mike's is what is kind of inferred from yeah. it. Like, okay, <sighs> sneaky. My mom like my mom's having a rampage right now. She's totally freaking out. You're not she, mad, she, she, are she you? She burnt her dog with a curling iron. Something about fetch. <laughs> yeah, like what the fuck? <clears throat> and then he's just like, all right, watermelon sugar. Like you just see like the sad defeated yeah, Robin Williams. Yeah, he's just so nice and defeated and wants love, and everyone's such a motherfucker to him. Like, God damn, it's just so bad. Oh, that the worst scene is whenever uh, they're in the uh, they're in the teacher's lounge. Oh, and that one Mike's, hurts a lot. And Mike sits down and everybody's like, did you see Mike got published in the New Yorker? And he's like, come on, guys, you're embarrassing me. Please stop. They're like, Secretly, oh, it was his first attempt. Doing it. Yeah, Mike's first try to get into the New Yorker, he gets in as we're staying like the mirror side of Robin Williams, who is on his last attempt ever to publish. And if he doesn't get in, like he's done, he's washing his hands, which I do like at the end as we see their character arcs go the total reverse where Robin Williams is like king of the castle. He's on top. And now Mike is like kind of the background, like loser. Puppy but you dog. know what? I'm alright with that. Fuck Mike. I was Fuck Mike, right? I I'm really against don't Mike. Like Mike. Mike's I don't like, fuck with him. Cause he's a fucking fake ass bitch, son. Yeah. Like, he's he's a always, fake ass bitch. he's always like, Oh, what's up, man? Like he's always up in Robin Williams. like face. He's like, we're friends, right? I'm yeah, fu he, totally fucking your girlfriend. He's trying to be like the cool, popular jock teacher. Yeah, get like, off of you, dumb jug. Get off of you, dumb jug. <laughs> I don't even play sports. Yeah, Judy Cortez has one of my top ten favorite movie fight scenes in this movie. Oh, Judy yeah. Cortez, a.k.a. Kyle. Top ten anime betrayals <laughs> yeah, type shit. absolutely. Absolutely. Calling that nerdy kid a jock in the middle of the fight sent me. Dude, it's like, <laughs> it's like that fight, then Bruce Lee versus Chuck Norris. Honestly, yeah. 
Right. That one is on top. That one's far above. It's a no-brainer. <laughs> it's a no-brainer, Judy Cortez. <laughs> Judy Cortez v. anyone. I think it's hilarious. I remember the first time we watched this movie, like... Oh, yeah, so there's this picture in the movie that keeps coming Yeah, the coming classic up. portrait. You see it everywhere. So, like, you, it first gets introduced when Robin Williams comes into his house and you see a picture frame face down on the mantle. And it's, like, this really tight shot on, like, the hallway, like, where the entryway is and this mantle. When Robin Williams gets to it, he flips it up. And it's like this school portrait of fucking Kyle. He's looking off into the distance and he looks like he looks like an idiot. He looks like a total dunce, dude. He looks like a fool. It's, but it's the best picture I've ever fucking seen. It's so crisp. Yeah, it is. It's it's fine. And he's like, Kyle, why do you always flip that picture? And he's like, he's like, because I look inbred. <laughs> uh, but yeah, and so this like this one picture of Kyle is so synonymous with the rest of the plot yeah like, it's everywhere it's like his memorial it turns into his, like his memorial pic basically yeah it turns into his memorial picture it's like everybody's carrying around a pic- this picture of kyle mm-hmm. and like he's only in the movie for like 30 minutes but he feels so in the rest of the movie because i have yeah. to see him <laughs> i really do feel like he's so involved in all of it i remember the first time we watched it i was like what are the odds that you have to get that portrait tattooed on you <laughs> it was like one through ten Yep. I wanted it. Yeah. I needed it. I was okay with it. We had the mental link and we ended up saying the, uh, the same numbers, so that was great. It's the next tat. Yep. I have a whole idea for it. It's gonna look crisp. <laughs> I secretly wanted the tattoo. So weird. I'm gonna hit him up on Twitter. I was able to get in touch with Guy Fieri's people after I ate that raw chicken sandwich, and I feel like. Okay, I have... tell that story. Okay. All yeah. Right. A little well, pause from the little pause from World's Greatest Dad. We'll jump back in in a second. Okay. All right. I'll run it through. Let me start. Jeremy Coleman is the VP of Buca de Beppo. This guy Fieri plays in a couple other places, and not to be like a weirdo that sounds like I'm plugging him, but this guy was cool as fuck, bro. He remedied this really foul situation I'm about to disclose in a beautiful way. So here's what happened, real quick. <clears throat> I was in LA with Maeve and Amanda and we ordered Guy Fieri's restaurant. I ordered a chicky sandwich, two bites in, the bitch is raw inside. <laughs> the bitch is raw inside. And so I was like, yikesy, took a pick, decided to start Twitter beef. Well, I only have <laughs> I only have a Twitter from the school project. So I have, like, nothing on it and no followers and not following anyone. <laughs> like, I don't really use Twitter. So. This fake account. Yeah, this, like, ghost account. So I tweet it. I'm, like, I tweet a picture of it. I'm, like, hashtag bad trip to Flavortown. Hashtag <laughs> icky chicky. Like, and then tag Guy Fieri. And... <laughs> didn't really think anything would come of it, you know? I was just kind of like, whatever. Like, I like it's my... a funny tweet, regardless. Yeah, like, whatever. I'll I... get something out of this nasty <laughs> chicken sandwich. Might as well get a good tweet. Exactly. I was making the best. Then, a couple minutes later, I get an email from, like, Guy Fieri's PR people being like, oh, my God, like, I'm so sorry. Can we have your contact info so someone could contact you? And I was like, yeah, sure. Like, didn't really know what was going on. Next day, Jeremy Coleman flies onto the scene. <laughs> Dude is cool as fuck. Has a super cool, like, British-sounding accent, potentially Australian. So cool. So nice. Calls me and is like, oh, my God, sorry. That's really disgusting. Like, I'm driving from, like, Vegas to L.A. right now to, like, remedy the situation. Like, Teach them how to make a chicken yeah, sandwich. Yeah, teach them how to make a chicken sandwich. I was like, this is, like, some next-level chef shit right here. Like, <laughs> Gordon Ramsay on okay. the scene to fuck him up. That's I, was I was like, this is wild. And so then, basically, all that transpired. Um, he came to L.A. and he was like, oh, like, come to Buco de Beppo, like, order anything you want, like, blah, blah, blah. I was like, oh, my God, that's fucking sick. I love Buco de Beppo. And a couple months ago when I was in Hawaii with this idiot son of a bitch that I don't talk to anymore, we went to Buco de Beppo, but I didn't eat any of the food there because I was proving a point and protesting eating. So it was like a full circle moment for me. <laughs> and <laughs> I got to go to Buco de Beppo and eat everything. And... So me, Maeve, and Amanda went, and Jeremy showed up and, like, said hello and introduced himself and was, like, totally handsome in an older guy way. I was like, okay, Jeremy. And then gave me his card, and then we said our goodbyes. It was really brief. And then... And then I ate the rest of that pasta. Yeah, and it's fucking smacked, dude. And so 
Honestly, 10 out of 10, 14 out of 10, the chicken sandwich, that did suck, but it no, was... No, I have the dock points for that bite, but the rest of the experience... It, was, it totally made up for it. It totally so made up for it. the moral of the story is if you go to Guy Fieri's ref- restaurant, make sure that you tweet icky with the chicky. hashtag Icky Chicky and get yourself a free Buca de Beppo meal. But only if it's legitimately raw. Yeah. Don't be a scammer. Yeah. Uncool to Jeremy. Anyways. Jeremy's cool. Anyway, back to biz. Back to World's Greatest Dad. So we were talking about how synonymous his picture is with the whole rest of the movie. Yeah, literally, like, it, it's his energy orb through the whole film. Yeah. <laughs> and I feel like we can't talk about the movie unless, like, we, like... We've kind of already revealed that he's dead. Yeah, I mean, that's what I'm saying. So should we blast back into the death? Blast back we'll into the blast past. blast into the death. Okay, yeah. Anyways, so... You know, so the crying scene that you love so much. Oh, it's so good. Is when so he... in the in the beginning of the movie we see that his son is a sexual deviant and he's willing to you know masturbate with the uh, belt or, or like he wants a he wants an autoerotic asphyxiation. Yeah. Son of a gun, that is a fucking toughy. Autoerotic asphyxiation. Autoerotic asphyxiation. <laughs> Chant. <laughs> autoerotic asphyxiation. Autoerotic asphyxiation. <laughs> That's what was happening in his head, like, it was, but it was actually his temple, like, about to bust from the, from the blood. Blood vessel. But he sees his son doing that, and he's like, Jesus, Kyle, and he, like, freaks out, like, he's like... Yeah, when he calls him, uh, I was coming he's like, fag, he's yeah. coming fag, and then, you know, later in the movie, he comes back home after uh, a date with his, uh, with his lady. The teacher, yeah. where Kyle was being crazed... Yeah, I wasn't gonna. I wasn't gonna reveal that part. Oh yeah, Kyle was Why? at the dinner. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't want to. I not want to Secret reveal too dinner. much. Of it. Yeah, I don't want I to mean, reveal too much. I mean, it's just a plot that. point. They go to dinner with the shitty teacher, and Kyle is definitely Kyle. Yeah, he's definitely dinner. being his gross self. Yeah, definitely being creepy little Kyle. Creepy he was like, Kyle. "What do you think about her?" Like he, Robin Williams asked uh, Kyle what he thought about her. He's like, "Oh, body's a 10. Uh, helmet's all right. <laughs> I agree. Her helmet is fucked. Dude, helmet's all right has become a staple in our description of people since this movie. Oh, yeah. No, helmet's abso- all right. Yeah, absolutely. I always talk about people's helmets. I can't. It's either a helmet or a dome. Don't you dare call it a head. Yeah, no. Like, it's, hel- don't be it's, boring. Helmet really has come into play so often since this movie has come into my life. I agree. I agree with that. But, uh, <laughs> Impact statement. <laughs> yeah. So Robin Williams drops Kyle off after dinner, and then he goes and drops off his lady friend, and he's, he has to get home quick to, you know, get back to Kyle. And, you know, when he comes home, he sees Kyle's door open, and Kyle's sitting there, and he's like, hey. He's like, oh, damn it, Kyle. I told you to stop doing that, you little sexual freak, you little, you little nut bar. <laughs> and he's like, and then, like, you just see, like, the slow, sudden realization that, you know, Kyle just... Killed himself on accident. Yeah, and we kind of realized that with Robin Williams, like, when Kyle doesn't, like, say some quippy, shitty thing back to it. You're so used to it at that point. Yeah, when it's quiet, like, you know something's wrong. Yeah. Dude, it's, like, many funny parts of this movie there are. Like, it really is overall, like, very dark. It's so fucking (laughs) sad, and the choice of music, I think, is fantastic in this movie. Yeah, the music is It's a little, like, there's a lot of Bruce Hornsby stuff, because that's (laughs) a big plot point. Kyle thinks Bruce Hornsby's a fag. Yeah, he hates music, that's his whole thing. people who listen to Bruce Hornsby are super fags. Yeah. Uh, So his dad, like, he's just, he just hates his dad. Yeah, Uh, everything his dad does, he's just bashing at all times. (laughs) So, but yeah, like, we get to see this, like, we get to, like, realize with Robin Williams, and, you know, that's when, like, a a cool song comes on, and, or, like, a really sad song comes on, and there's no audio, and you just see Robin Williams break down to his knees and cry, and, like, after, like, you know, grabbing onto Kyle and, you know, shaking him up, it was, oh, man, like, the way he fucking slapped his ass, like... It was heavy, yeah. It, it was, was really like heavy. what I feel like somebody would have done, like, wake the fuck up, you'd slap the shit out of him, you know? Like, he's not playing about his son's life in that situation, and then that all that realization just hits, and you just see Robin, like, seeing Robin Williams cry is a different story, bro. So tell me what would you do? Your son kills himself. Yeah. Your son kills himself by autoerotically asphyxiating himself. Uh-huh. And you don't want to be... The laughing stock. You don't. I think he doesn't want his son to be the laughing stock. You know, he's trying he's, to protect he already his knows, son. He already knows everybody hates his son, and he doesn't want to add more. Are you, are you writing a fake suicide note like Robin Williams does, or are you just gonna let him 
sort of lit die with the whole jerking off to death thing. Oh, no. I... God damn, man. I don't know. That's hard. I think me personally in that situation, obviously, I'm not writing the fucking suicide note. I can't. I, I don't want to write anything. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not uh, going to carry my song on my back like that. He should have wrote it himself. He should have. He knew the game he was playing. <laughs> should have had that shit ready. He should have. Like, I think if you're going to, I think if you're going to autoerotic asphyxiate that you need to have a suicide note on deck, ready to go on your desk. In your Google time. Drive or something. You got to yeah. be ready. You have to be ready. Like, hey guys, I knew what the fuck was popping off. Yeah, don't be irresponsible. Yeah, that's Kyle's fault. He's <laughs> that is on Kyle. No, but I think realistically, he just... That was the only thing he had in his life is his son. His son is his legacy. is nothing else past it. And he just didn't want his son's name to be tarnished. He didn't want like this to be like a big fucking joke. I think he didn't really think too much of it at first, but yeah, he... And during like this musical scene, like you just see him uh, set up this suicide... Yeah, where he hangs Kyle up and makes it on look like... On the pull-up bar in his, uh, in his closet. Yeah, it makes it look like a normal suicide and types this really haunting note where None no of one you understands. Ever, nobody understands me. <laughs> like, pain. Pain is what I feel. Feel nothing. That vibe. I feel nothing. You know the vibes. I know the vibes. I know you know the vibes. You're the best <laughs> at doing that shitty spoken poetry shit. Uh, but, yeah, um... But, yeah, and then some kids fucking get into the obituary, right? Take the suicide note and fucking get it published. Yeah. So everybody's reading Kyle's suicide note, and everyone's like, whoa, Kyle's misunderstood and tortured. And then you realize, like, wow, Robin Williams' writing career is about to pop the fuck off. Yeah, basically. I mean... Everyone loves what he's writing. He sees that as his opportunity. Would you take it? Okay, so you're already that far along. You did the note and stuff to cover his name. Fine. Mm. Do you step into this spotlight, this potential spotlight, or do you stop at the note? You got to stop at the note, man. The note, like, it's, he, it's, the, here's the thing. The note, <clears throat> it's a good note. It popped off. It was great. Everyone was like, wow, crazy suicide note. Yeah. Let that be it. You know what I mean? Clearly, like, that's just what happens when you have a tortured writer having to write something so personal and fucking crazy in that, like, in the heat of the moment. You know what I mean? Like, he is a talented writer. Yeah. And he just, like, was put in a situation where, like, that would be so easy to, like, be in that state. You know what I mean? So it popped off. Of course it's going to gain traction. He is a fucking awful person <laughs> for continuing. Yeah, Sorry, to... pause. Unpause. Unpause. So he's an awful person for continuing. Oh yeah, he's an awful fucking person for continuing to do what he was doing. Because everybody was like... Everyone started asking... Everybody started being really fake about Kyle. There's this like whole montage like to get like through the fact that like it, it meant... Like the suicide note meant everything to everybody in the, yeah. in the school. He turned into everyone's ideal image, their own personal sob story, relatable guy. The emo girl saw like an emo Kyle, like ghost fade in during mm -hmm. this like, I hope I become a ghost. <laughs> I love that fucking song, dude. Um, th dude, that's, I saw this movie when I was a kid and I've had that song in my playlist since. It's fucking awesome. Yeah, this movie's like 12 years old now. Mm -hmm. It's crazy as hell because it's, like, not dated feeling at all. Yeah, no, it feels very much like that shit could happen right now. Literally, literally. It's, it's so good. But, like, yeah, everyone starts seeing this ideal version of Kyle and, like, all, like, his bullies, all the girls that hated him in school. Um, like, the teacher, like, uh... The teacher that Robin Williams is dating. She makes it everything about her, though. Like she, Everything is about she's her. She's like, Kyle did like me. It's about me, me. Me, me, me. Love she's me. such a freaking dummy bitch, dude. I hate her. But, yeah, and then you see, uh, and then, yeah, at the end of that montage, you see Robin Williams, like, actually realizing what he did. And, like, everybody has read the suicide note. Mm -hmm. And he's just hearing it in his own head. And he sees Kyle, like, hanging and Kyle says, I love you, Dad. And at the end of the note. But, you know, Kyle never said that. Yeah, like, Kyle that feels fucking terrible for this guy. And nobody gets it. And everybody's just a fake leech. Dude, and I feel like their little portrayal of how everyone just, like, likes to jump on the clout train when someone dies was so 
true. Like, I fucking hate that, like, pet peeve of life is when someone dies and everyone tries to pretend they were, like, best friends with them. Yeah. They knew him so well. I'm like, bro, that's so embarrassing. Like, what are you like, doing? Like, stop, son. Like, it's not even cool. <laughs> you don't even know them. Exactly. <laughs> no, like, they, like, there were people, like, carving, like, Kyle's name into yeah. their legs during these montage shots. On that mid-2000s emo shit. It that was, was like, real life. <laughs> people, like, being obsessed with him, putting this, this stupid little portrait of him yeah. into, like, fucking lockets and, yeah. like... But people are like, did Kyle have anything else? Like, he wrote. And he's like, yeah, he had a couple of things. So Robin Williams decides to fake an entire journal of Kyle's. Yeah. Which is so, if you think about it, you'd have to be, like, kind of a psycho to do that. Yeah. Like, you'd have to be a real fucking psycho to, like, recount but he said, fake dates and accounts of events. Like, that's not... Yeah, through the perspective of a torture yeah, teenager. Yeah, you weirdo. That's not your kid. <laughs> It's like when Ludacris made that. Runaway love. It's like when Ludacris did Runaway Love and made up four fake children and their trials and tribulations. Dude, what's crazy? Like I told you, I've watched that music video my whole life. I've never thought about that, and in the first three seconds, you're like, "Who are these people?" Like, why is why is Ludacris of all people talking about <laughs> runaway fake runaways? We looked it up. Four fake real. runaway children. I'm like. Who cares? Why is Ludacris telling this story? And everyone in the comments is commenting like it's real, remember? They're like, damn, rest in peace to all the kids who couldn't run away. Damn. Like, what? <laughs> Thanks, Luda. Luda! Oh, God. I was like, can we just not watch the Get Back music video so I can see Ludacris with ludicrously large hands? That's all I wanted to see. No, I wanted to see Mary J. Blige's outfit. <laughs> the white fit. Run away, love. <laughs> Run away, love. That's another story. Another That's podcast a, another time. Yeah, we're going to have a full podcast on runaway love and the intricacies <laughs> of that script and the, the accounting of those four fake runaway kids. I'm there for it. All right. I'm anyways, running it. But yeah, he like makes up this entire fucking journal of Kyle's and makes him this tortured child, <clears throat> which his friend Andrew sees right through and he keeps mentioning to Robin Williams. He's like, you know, don't you think it's weird that you know, he didn't mention, like, cunts or vaginas in the entire diary. And he's like, he was a complicated guy. He goes, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> yeah, that kid showed me to... shit porn in the middle of the hallway one day. There's no way torture, torture, my soul harbors the pain. Yeah, Robin Williams' big explanation was that, like, he didn't want to get made fun of for being so smart and, like, intellectual. So that's why he actually... He's just putting himself in the place of Kyle yeah, the entire Yeah, literally. Movie. Literally. And Which, then, like, you know, you gotta get it out somehow. It, like, he was so oppressed, it's gotta come out somehow. You won't accept me as me? How about as a dead 14-year-old boy? <laughs> you like that? How about the star of Spy Kids 3D, <laughs> Junie Cortez? And they love it. Sweating, sweating bad. Dude, he was so sweaty, so glandular. <laughs> glandular? Sweaty Betty. Sweaty Freddy. Uh, but. I don't know, bro. So. Oh, yeah, and then the whole time, like, the only per like, the only real interactions, like, Robin Williams has in this entire movie are with, like, his neighbor, Bonnie. Who is this, like, yeah. older, older woman about his age. Um, also, like, just lives by herself. A hoarder. But, like, they, you know, have similar interests in, like, zombie movies and stuff. And, like, you know, they're getting, like, real emotion out of each other. Like, it's a, it feels... Yeah, it's, like, kind of, like, safety with each other in a world full of, like, selfish, mean guys. You know? Like, they see each other and understand each other. It doesn't even feel remotely romantic no. either. It just feels like they're just friends. Yeah, it just feels like a recognition of, like, another genuine person. And then you have Andrew's character, who's, like, they keep, like, establishing that his mom is a drunk, and mm -hmm. he has, like, a shitty home life. So, like, you see, like, the connection him and Robin Williams have, like, He's finding, he's in a weird way, he's like finding like a new son in Andrew mm -hmm. or even just like a kinship. And like, he likes Robin Williams. He thinks he's a good dad. Yeah. Uh, Andrew always showed an interest in Robin Williams. And I think that, I don't know what, what we see in the ending. I like that it still allows like Andrew and Robin Williams to have like that 
little relationship. Like th the character arcs in this movie, for how short it was, it was ups and downs through the whole movie. It was great. It, they just didn't bullshit. Like whenever, like mm -hmm. they just started talking to each other. Like it's like it's like, hey, we have shit to get across here. It all is like you didn't need a whole lot of explanation for what was going on in the movie. Like the movie just spoke for itself. Yeah, you're kind of just like watching these characters, but it feels so close, you know. It's, yeah, like, it feels super real. Yeah, it feels very, very intimate and close. Um, and yeah, and then like at the end of the movie, like, oh, like it just, it just, it just gets so blown out of proportion. Like he's on this fake Oprah show laughing because he's trying to lie about how cool Kyle was. Yeah. He's like, he was so sweet and he's cracking the fuck up, pretending he's crying. And then like, she's like, here, take a tissue. And he's like, thanks. <laughs> like fucking losing his mind. That shit was funny. It was definitely funny, funny, funny. Like really made me laugh. I don't know. I feel like Junie Cortez is underrated. I agree. And I feel like Junie Cortez is tangible in communication. And we've talked about this before. We need to reach out to him. I think that there's possibly a collab in the works. Daryl Salva, please hear our call to you. I'm only going to call you Junie Cortez. And I'm sorry. Sorry. But that's, just, that's just face name association. You're my childhood icon of Junie Cortez. You just can't become Daryl Salva. You can't. I, when I saw his dick in Green Inferno... I felt like that was wrong. You <laughs> felt a little wrong. Because childhood icon Junie Cortez doesn't get to hang dong in a movie, dude. <laughs> like, that's just not... Who are you to tell... Like, Robin Williams is allowed to hang dong in World's Greatest Dad. Why can't Junie Cortez and hang I've dong seen in Green Inferno? I've seen it since I was a kid. It's weird, no? You haven't you... always wondered what Junie Cortez's dong looks like? Once I saw it... It was exactly what I would picture it to be if I ever sat to picture it. That makes sense. I'm picturing something picture right it. now. Whatever you're picturing is what it is. All right, cool. That's yeah. it. Look it up, anyone that doesn't believe me. <laughs> Green Inferno. Haters. Dick scene. Send me your nasty emails. I don't care. I thrive off negativity. DM me. I don't give a frig. But yeah, you just have like this... And then, like, at the end of the movie, like, it's it's gotten so blown out of proportion. We we established that. Yeah, fake Oprah. He's at the height of <laughs> fake attention. O fake Oprah. Book. Uh, people want to publish the book. Tom Kenny was doing his makeup. SpongeBob was doing Robin Williams' yeah. makeup. That was a hit. That was a super hit. And then, yeah, like, it just gets to the point to where they're about to rename the library after Kyle, even though the principal... Yeah. Was trying to put Kyle in a special needs program. Yeah, weeks before, <laughs> months before, he was trying to send him to special needs school. And now he's like, I feel really bad about that. Let I'm going to name, name the, the library. library. Like, okay. And then we see uh, the musician who... Oh, fucking Bruce Hornsby. Bruce Hornsby, finally, we're getting toward, oh, like, Oh, yeah, so the whole movie, like, these two girls are in love with Kyle. And, they're, like, they're battling over, mm -hmm. like, who loves Kyle more. Over Kyle's... Ghost, really, because yeah. they didn't know him and didn't even get along with him when he was alive because he sucked. <laughs> exactly. So they're sitting there like, uh, they're sitting there like, what was Kyle's favorite band? And Ron Williams was like, oh, he loved Bruce Hornsby. Loved, <laughs> loved Bruce Hornsby music. And everyone's like, really? And he's like, yep. And then he just kept lying about Bruce Hornsby. Yeah, he's, that was a good little bit. And I then at the, the end of the movie, bit. Bruce Hornsby shows up and sings this beautiful song but a they ballad. And they don't have a microphone stand, so this tubby redhead kid has so, to hold the microphone the entire time. It's a classic, dude. It's so subtly funny. And then like, Bruce Hornsby, without saying anything, grabs the kid's arm and, like, moves it forward. <laughs> like it's a mic stand. And that kid was rock solid for a really long time, and then at the end, you just see his arm, like, go like, fully limp. Like, and he keeps readjusting his thick fingers. Yeah, that was so fucking dry yeah. and funny. Like, another thing, if you're not watching, like, you'll just miss it. It's so funny. Because, like, the moment's so sad, and, like, you're like, Jesus. Like, <laughs> because, like, there are some characters that really have benefited from this experience. Mm -hmm. Like... Kyle being dead and his journal being out there and people being able to read it and relate has helped a bunch of people yeah. that, uh, within the school, especially, uh, what's his name? Peter, this, uh, uh, this football playing, um, like jock type, mm -hmm. uh, real mean to Kyle earlier in the movie. But then we come to find out he, he has an abusive home life. His dad is, uh, abusing and he's taking steroids and he's a repressed homosexual. Like, 
Like, but like this journal helped him helped him come out and do all this kind of crazy shit. Yeah, it, like, like changed wow. his life. But Robin Williams still, you know, he's like, I need to be free from this. This is not my son. This is not healthy. And he's just sick of the phonies. Everyone's profiting and being so fake and pretending they love Kyle. Tired of his bitch girlfriend. Mm -hmm. God, she is such an idiot. She sucks. She's like, she's the worst part about the movie. And I mean that in the best way possible. She plays her character the best. She is supposed to be that nightmare bitch. If she's in anything else, I would hate her because it's just association. Like, she did such a good job that I just permanently hate her. That's a role. You got it. (laughs) You got your typecast. Exactly. (laughs) Bitch. (laughs) (laughs) There are some people that play that role, though, and smack at it. Like, there's a couple girls that I just really love. Like, the girl who plays Jane in uh, Breaking Bad. She's in so much other shit, but that's, like, what I know. Uh, The Apartment 23B, you know? Yeah, I know what you're talking about. (laughs) Yeah, I like her a lot. She always plays, like, the bitchy guy. I love that. Um, But, yeah, and then Robin Williams just, like, has to just put it out on the line. He's like, yep. Yeah. By the way, uh, I wrote all of that. Yeah, he's like, I wrote the note. I wrote the book. It was me. It was me. It was me the whole time. Sorry. (laughs) Turn down my writing, will you? What I and everyone's pissed. Everyone's like, you're an asshole, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, yeah. What I feel like Kyle would love was him just totally, like, be like. Accepting it. Fuck you guys. And just, like making everyone upset like kyle loved to stir the pot and he stirred the pot and i feel like that was a good at the end he was like he goes, at the end he was like i don't like he never liked kyle kyle was an asshole and everyone like is like huh he's like you know he said you all don't like kyle. you all didn't like kyle it's mm-hmm. okay i didn't like him either i loved him uh and then he just like lays it all out on the line and it's such a good scene because he just says what happened he's like i wrote it I made it look like a suicide, and that's it. And then he just walks off. Yeah, it's perfect. And goes and dives into and the And it's into so the emotional and beautiful and liberating. And oh yeah, for context, earlier in the movie, Kyle, uh, he's um, uh, Robin Williams' girlfriend asks Kyle if he plays any sports, and he goes, "Nope, I guess I'm just kind of a a nutty guy like my dad." And Robin Williams is like, "Well, I was on the dive team, the dive team in college." And he's like, well, dad, diving isn't a sport. It's more like falling. Like, just to belittle his dad one Mm, more time. Yeah, just anything to be a prick. And then at the end, he just gets to go have this free naked dive into the the school's pool. Yeah, the dives. We get to see some dong from Robin Williams. Get to see some sack. uh, You're interested. I am, personally. It was good to see. It was fresh to see. Why was I going to just say that? It was refreshing. Yeah. That whole scene is refreshing. Like, yeah. he, just, he takes off that fucking suit while he's running through the hallways, leaves the socks, man of class. It was good. I would have left the socks, too. I don't like that slippery texture. It freaks me out. Would have left the socks as well. Would have left the socks. I feel that, honestly. He's a smart guy. High dive, splash, Robin William Dong, zombie Cat movies, weed brownies. Andrew. This is how new the kids. <laughs> he has a new child. Yeah, Andrew becomes his new kid, basically. A weirdly sexy old lady. You know what I mean? Like, her attitude. Yeah, she's cool. She's cool. She wants to get high, watch movies. She wears makeup. She dresses nice. Yeah. I fuck with her. Yeah. Yeah. So, in the end, yes, it was better that Junie went. Yeah. And then at the very end of the movie, the picture is facing down. They're all in Robin Mm -hmm. Williams' house watching uh, Night of the Living Dead. Because they've been trying to watch this fucking movie the entire movie. Yeah. And uh, he just flips his little, flips his little frame up. Yeah. Like, be a part of the family, dead son. Yeah, and Kyle's watching the movie with him in that portrait. And it feels like he's there, bro. Like, it really feels like he's there. I love this movie. I do love this movie. If there's anything I will say about this movie is that I love this movie. Write this movie 1 to 10 for the listeners. 1 to 10, rate it. Okay, if you really want me to be completely honest, it's like it's like an 8 out of 10 I was going to say about 8 out of 10. It's about an We're 8 out of 10. We're in sync, dude. Tuned it's, in. If you really want me to look at it technically, like there's some things that could be done better, you know. But it's a great movie. It's like a little low budget, but like for what the movie is... It's perfect. Yeah. It's exactly what this movie needs to be. I feel like it being smaller budget makes it more intimate of a movie. Very much so. And I love how the director like just puts himself in as this like super little bit role as like the limo driver who's driving him to fake over. Yeah, it just pops in for And a they're, while sec. they're waiting on Robin Williams' girlfriend to finish get uh 
uh, ready. He's just sitting on the bed with Robin Williams at the very foot of it. And he's like, yeah, so sometimes people have diarrhea in my, in my limo. And then that's it. Who said they throw up? Did they say throw yeah. up? Yeah. thought it was diarrhea. <laughs> what is throw up? What is diarrhea if not throw up? Literally, though. Butt. It's butt throw up. It is butt throw up. You're right, bro. You're a philosopher. I know. That's that Pisces gift. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I am wearing an aquamarine, thanks. You're charged up. It is Pisces very close season. to my birthday, thanks. It is. It um, is. But yeah, like... So yeah, like an eight out of ten. But like personally, this movie's a ten. Like it's it's everything I love about this. Like it's everything I love about a movie. It's funny. It's sad. It's good. It's quick. Like I can just jump in and out. Yeah. It's such a fucking just perfect movie for what it is. It's a hit. I love it. Love it so much. Not to mention it's Robin Williams. I love Robin Williams. He's he like my it. favorite part about anything he's in. Yeah, he's always so warm and inviting and, like, draws you in. Like, Dude, he's awesome. I don't think there's a single Robin... Have you seen Death to Smoochie? No, I have not. Yeah, it's that's him and Edward Norton, and I think it's oh. directed by Danny DeVito. I want it on this. Dude, Death to Smoochie... I, look, I, th I have a Death to Smoochie... Uh, I think, yeah, I have a look, I have a Death to Smoochie VHS that I'm going to put in the table. It's the oh, second one. Okay, okay, I see that. Dude, that movie's fucking hilarious. It's about Robin Williams being a, a child uh, television host, and but he like, gets into drugs and alcohol, and he falls off, and so they need to replace him on the air, and they have Edward Norton, like this super like Christian straight guy who dresses up like a big hippopotamus, and he calls himself Smoochie. And he's like... Uh, and he's just, he, like, gets, like, really great ratings, and then Robin Williams gets pissed and has to, like, is trying to kill him. <laughs> nice. Like, this, it's so fucking funny. Nice, nice. I like Edward Norton. And, of course, it has that Danny DeVito fucking, like, you ever see Matilda? Dude, Matilda was my favorite movie. Don't fucking ever play with me about Matilda, dude. Dude, we should do a Matilda podcast. You know how down I'm, yeah. Yeah, we're going to do a Matilda podcast. I love Matilda, dude. I'm down. Matilda's one of my favorite movies of me all too. time. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Well, is that? I think that's good. It? Yeah. I don't know. This is we're testing the waters. Yeah. This is first podcast. Wow. So. We really did talk about a movie for about an hour, though. I was worried that we were only gonna hit like thirty minutes. No, you guys got star. Excuse concert. my fucking voice, by the way. It's very smooth and sultry. Excuse right it. It's smooth and sultry. No, it's very scratchy and shitty. <laughs> sure. Well. That's it. Well, that's, that's the sad end guy of cinema. That's and welcome so good. to movies to kill yourself too.